eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today we are breaking down all five of Tiger Woods' Masters victories. It's not going to be easy, but to do that, I've assembled the entire squad. Uh, let's bring him in. Greg Ducharme, welcome in. And uh, how difficult was this for you to kind of rank uh, all five of Tiger's greatest uh, you know, wins there? Well, the difficulty is you're going to put one of them as number five. And the one that's number five is going to be looked at. I mean, they're they're all special, right? Yeah. Every single one of them is special for their own reason. And the most fun, this is so fun to go through and watch some highlights, watch Tiger in all these different eras, watch him winning with all these different golf swings and appearances. It, it was just, it was really fun. So it was a challenge, but uh, one I'm happy to take on. I love it. Uh, let's welcome in Kyle Porter. Kyle, um, this was no easy task for me. How how difficult did you find this? Well, I just looked at Mark's list and and basically <laughs> inverted it. Just did the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, love you. I really love you deep down. I do. I I knew that he would screw it up, so I just went with the opposite. <laughs> and, and and speaking of Mark, Mark Immelman, who has uh, already told us all of our rankings are wrong on this. Welcome in, Mark. <laughs> Hello, boys. Have you noticed I'm wearing my hat backwards so I can be like Carl Porter? There we go. <laughs> We are, uh, we're, we're, we're loving it. All right. So here's what we've done. So we've got the five masters victories for Tiger Woods. We're going to go through five to one and these are our consensus rankings. So obviously our individual consensus, I beg to differ. It's not consensus <laughs> at all. <laughs> that is the wrong they're choice heavily, of words. They're heavily there, weighted, uh, heavily weighted <laughs> for the three of us. Uh, Mark had 25% say in this. Um, so we, we will go through five to one. Obviously, we will have a little disagreements. We will have uh, some agreements. But let's let, let's let's jump back to you, Greg. Like we're just saying favorite. What what does that mean? Is that historical significance? Is it the one that you remember the most? Like, how did you rank these one through five? It's a combination of all of them. What, what are the memorable shots? What are the situations that happen? Uh, what are the storylines? Who is on the leaderboard? Um, it, it's all of that combined historical significance. It's kind of funny because there's hi historical significance in all of them. Yeah. So, but how do you weight those? So there's, you know, it, it's not a scientific formula here, um, but it's kind of a, a, a mixed bag of all of those things you just mentioned put together. Yeah. Winning, winning the masters is historic in its own right. So just by default, these are all very historic. Mark, I imagine uh, there was a lot of, you know, strokes gained heart uh, involved in, in your rankings. <laughs> that was, yes, absolutely. There was strokes gained heart. For, for me, you said it. Uh, you and, and Greg both said it. You know, winning a tournament is a big deal. Winning a major is a big deal. Winning the Masters is a dream come true. And and for me, I ranked these basically the way they made me feel. And, and I'll be honest with you. Historical significance, 97, I, I think is perilous. But I wrestled with some of these over here because I was I, I went to this going, okay, how how did this make me feel? What what were the things that stood out to me? Sh uh, Greg mentioned shots, some of the moments in uh, in these conquests, and, and so that's how I went about it. And it was a difficult deal, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. Because we'll, we'll we'll just jump into this, Kyle, and you can let us know what how we got to 2002 being number five on this list. Because 
as I read off the the notes, it's going to be crazy that this is kind of five of a five, but one of these has to be. Uh, Tiger Woods in 2002 beats Retief Goosen uh, by three shots, Phil by four shots. And this is back-to-back wins for him after winning in 2001, which is already a very historic moment, Kyle. And this is our five of five. Yeah, I, I think that the way that I did it was sort of going by which ones I could most easily talk about with other people. So whether that's you guys or friends or people within golf or whatever. And I think that 2002 is the one that's, I just don't remember a ton about it. There wasn't that. uh, Were you alive? Were you born yet? (laughs) I was in, what was I in? Like 10th grade, I think. Are you you sure it was that much? I was a a sophomore. Um, I was, you know, playing JV baseball, just living the dream. But I, yeah, obviously 05's got the iconic shot on 16. 01, you've got the three best players in the world going at it for the Tiger Slam. And to 02, just, I, I, I don't know what to kind of grab onto there out of, out of these five. Obviously 17 and, or excuse me, uh, 97 and 2019 are they kind of like rise above everything else just because of where Tiger was at with his career and, and personally. But I just, I couldn't find anything to kind of grab onto in 02. Mark, this was the one. So Kyle, Greg, and I actually had this five of five. You had this third in your rankings. Uh, what mm-hmm. puts it there for you? Um, well, if you look at the final leaderboard, Woods, Hurston, Mickelson, Olafarbel, Ernie Els, Padraig Harrington, Vijay Singh, Sergio Garcia, Angel Cabrera, Miguel Angel Jimenez, Adam Scott. I mean, th- this was it was a who's who playing that year, and and th- there were a few things. First off, two friends of mine had a shot to win the green jacket, and and at that stage, you know, I was there. I was able to watch them. I remember the feeling of 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 kind of pulling for your guys, having goose in the final two, the final group there, and and you're pulling for them. But I remember the res- how I was wrestling with this because. You, you, you kind of knew, and this is with respect to all of those basically legends of the game at the time, the Tiger was going to find a way to pull it off. And to win two in a row, is that, that puts you, look, Tiger has done stuff that people dream about doing. But to defend at Augusta National, is, is that's uncharted waters. And, and I think, what's it, just, uh, I think Nicholas has done it and Faldo has done it. So I think he was the third guy to do this. And when you put Nicholas and Feldo in there in Woods, you can create Mount Rushmore for golfers by itself kind of thing. So so for me, it was it was sort of personal with friends being in contention. It, it was watching Woods come through and do what everyone sort of knew he was going to do anyway. Uh, and and for me, it was a really emotional deal. I, I, I'll remember that vividly, that event. It's it, you're right. It, it was it was Jack Nicholas 1966, Nick Faldo 1990. So this was the third time in history that a master's title had been successfully defended. And and Greg, like, I, I think that is really the jumping off point for being like, wow, like all of these Tiger victories are so incredibly historic, so incredibly special because we've got this one, you know, bottom of the list. But the list is so incredible. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, you as you hear Mark talk about it, and it definitely kind of bumps it up the list. But unfortunately, when I when I look at this, I think the historical significance is downgraded a little bit, uh, especially below 2001, which happened the year before. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Maybe could it get shifted above 05? Maybe in historical essence, but I don't think there's the shot that 2005 has. I don't think there's the moment that a 2005 has. So the thing that kind of keeps this one down for me is the way that it was won in that there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bogeys. A lot of the contenders are making bogeys. It's a, a a duel between, uh, between Tiger Woods and Rateev Goose in here for the most part. And Rateev got off to a really slow start. And by the time you made the turn, it's a five shot lead already. And it's not because Tiger's going on a on a huge run. He he shot two under on the front nine, did make some birdies, yes, but it was just the struggle for Retief Goosen. Even Phil Mickelson, who who gets off to a great start, gets himself into the mix with two birdies early on in the round. He kind of derails himself with a couple of bogeys on on three and four and seven as well. So uh, it, that's the reason it's it's down here on this list of uh, historical tournaments. 
So real quick, the only instance, so we we all ranked all these, the only instance where somebody had one first and another person had it fifth was the 2001 Masters. Greg had it first and Mark had it fifth. So I want to hear them go back and forth on why why that was. You you can go first, Mark. <laughs> uh, 2001 was was completely historic. I mean, for me, that is... Uh, that was the 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 main thing. Obviously, the Tiger Slam, you know, knocking out the field that he did, it, it was a big deal. Don't get me wrong. But in 05, um, it, it was personally, it was special for me. And remember, I'll, I'll gravitate back to sort of how these masters made me feel. In 05, I had my younger brother contending. Uh, I, we were there. In 05, I'll, I'll run through some of the things I'd written down. One of my favorite things about the Masters is on the odd occasion, I get to take a friend. And this individual I took, he had never been to Augusta National, and he had never seen Tiger Woods in person. So he's there with me watching my brother, who's in the second to last group on Sunday. And there was rain, and there was all sorts of stuff going on. So there were a whole number of holes played on Sunday. And so he watched, he got to Augusta National. Now, again, this is becoming very personal went and bought himself a chair in merchandising and put his chair down behind 18. Just, he managed to get it in there, which is really hard, but we were there first thing in the morning. He made me go at the first thing in the morning, which is something I normally don't do unless I'm there for a broadcast. So he buys his chair, he puts it down. We watch some of the warmups. We go and stand down the right side of number one and you, we basically watch groups come through. And Tiger's in the final group and we watch balls land and they're sort of around the edge of the bunker. And so he's like, a tiger, tiger, tiger. So I'm like, let's walk up about 20 yards and we wait over there. So we move down the right side of the fairway. Tiger unloads and you can hear the sounds emanate from down at the tee. And the next thing, this ball has flown 20 over the top of all of the average tee shots and landed almost right over us. So he's got Woods 20 yards from him, hitting his second to the first. And I looked at, I didn't watch Tiger. I looked at my friend who was enthralled by Tiger Woods. Woods hits in there close, and he's like, this is too much for me. So I go and follow Trevor naturally, and he goes, I've got to just follow Tiger Woods. And I was like, do your thing, man. So he goes off, and he goes and watches Tiger. Now, I, I, I preface this by saying how much rain we had had. So a long way around the golf course, they'd closed off spectator walkways. And so we're ahead with Trevor, and, and so my wife Tracy and I are walking around 14 to get to 15. And ordinarily, I go down the left-hand side of 15, but they closed off the walkway, and they pushed us across to the right-hand side. So we're standing basically almost next to 18T and right adjacent to 17 green. Now, forgive me, this is getting long-winded, but I want to set this up. And so we can see the huge leaderboard that lives behind number seven there next to 8T, the big wide leaderboard. And we're standing there, and we can't get further down the hole because they've closed it off because it's so wet. All of a sudden, we hear this tiger, well, tiger walks by us, and there's this little boy who's standing with his dad next to us, and there's people shouting and screaming, as you can imagine, and this little kid goes, go, Tiger, in a small little voice, and Tiger Woods' head whipped around, and he picked this kid out, out of the, out of the gallery, and I looked at Tracy, and she looked at me, and she was like, it's amazing how he heard that out of all of this, so, so that, again, that became personal, so he walks by, and all of about five minutes later, all of a sudden, this massive roar just emanates from down there in the valley, 15 green, 16 area. And I look at Trace, she looks at me, she goes, Tiger's just made eagle. And the guy be, there was a guy behind me that taps me on the shoulder. And he goes, he points at the big leaderboard, he goes, no, your brother made an ace on number 16. We didn't know, we just heard. <laughs> and, and, so, and so again, it, Oh, one special, but, but watching my friend go to the masters for the first time, experience this, drink it in for what it is, seeing woods, watch him just getting kind of sucked into this guy's vortex. And then just watching tiger, how in that zone of his, which is incomparable, how this little kid goes, go tiger. And he lo looks around at him that will forever, forever live with me. 
I, I love it. I love it. Greg, I, I I'm going to make you follow that one because we all, the rest of us at 2005 uh, ranked fourth. Uh, I think Mark is making a pretty compelling case that we might have gotten this one wrong. <laughs> 2005 is incredibly special. And again, I mean, it, it's way up there on my list. I, I love that 2005 tournament. Unfortunately, it falls to number four for me. But why is 2001 number one for me? Well, Tiger wins the he has two majors at the time entering the 2000 season. He won 1997 masters, which we'll talk about. He won the 1999 PGA championship. And, and then there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a lull, I guess a, a little bit of time goes by. He doesn't win the masters in 2000. VJ Singh does. He comes close and then he dominates the field at the 2000 us open, uh, dominates the field at the 2000 open championship gets by uh, in the in the PGA championship and now he has a layoff from August until April. So he's won three in a row. He's holding three of the four major championship trophies and a once in a lifetime opportunity, which is a rare thing for Tiger Woods. I mean this is a complete one off. There's there's likely not going to be another time in your career where you have all three major championship trophies and and there's only one to go. Problem is you have to go from August until April to get it done. And I think if you're going to win a Grand Slam, a Tiger Slam, if there's going to be any order in which you have all four uh, major championship trophies, this is the hardest way to do it because of the layoff between uh, between the PGA Championship and the Masters. And then you get there. Oh, and if you want to throw the players in there, he won the players, which was in March in 2001 as well. So um, so he, he basically has a chance to have all five, which will never be done again, I don't believe. And then you get to 2001 Masters and the guys on the leaderboard, you look at this final round leaderboard. David Duvall is the runner up. Phil Mickelson, who played in the final group with him, is in second place. You have Ernie Els in the mix. You have Jim Furyk in the mix. Mark Kalkovecchia, Chris DeMarco as well. Another one, you, you look through these rounds, Chris DeMarco's the guy. I mean, he's he's. Uh, 10 under par through through two rounds. This is really his first crack at it, and he fell off on Sunday, but uh, or in the third round. But to to take that amount of time during this play in between majors and then and get the job done, I don't think there's a, a tournament where you can be facing more pressure because if you miss this opportunity, it's it's never going to happen again. And he was able to get the job done against the the best of the best. So that that's why it's number one for me. That's uh, look, it's compelling, and and I recognize all of that. There are a couple, just a couple more things I want to make about 05. And again, it, it's hard for me to split all of these things, but mine were personal. Um, I told you about my friend who puts his chair down behind 18. Well, he happened to line his chair up right down the line of that birdie putt the Tiger made in the playoff to beat Demarco. And you remember, you got the classic Tiger Woods fist pump when that thing went down. Yeah, he, so, uh, he crow-hopped into that. Yeah, exactly. One. Well, there it is. And he had the biceps like Kyle Porter showing up. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so, so there was that. And then I had, we had dinner with this friend of mine that evening. And, and he was just giddy about this, being there, experiencing it. Um, and so there was that. And then I just want to say one more thing, Okay. Yeah, I, I'm a broadcaster too, and I'm thankful I get to know a guy called Vern Lundquist. <laughs> and you, there are there are calls there that are synonymous with sports. And he's given me a lesson, and he said to me, he goes, Mark, you'll say uh, thousands of words during your career as an announcer, but you'll be defined by three or four calls. This guy's had a prayer answered in the SEC championship or the, the SEC game. He had the unreal catch with a guy held the ball on the head, Auburn, Georgia. So he's done this SEC stuff, but he's had the yes, sir, Jack Nicholas at 17. And then he had the in your life. Have you ever seen anything like that with that pitch in from behind the green on 16 in 05? Well, here it comes. goodness oh, wow. in your life have you seen anything like that and so again 
the the tooth the 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 tiger slam that is epic absolutely epic but that that call from behind 16 i i it 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 make it brings tears to my eyes it's it's beautiful i love it kyle let's reset real quick on 2005 and get your last word on this because this was tiger's fourth green jacket uh chris demarco second straight playoff loss in a major uh close but no cigar for him and then finally the thing that we were talking about before we went hot was this ended up being Jack Nicholas's last masters. And on Sunday on 11 tiger woods kind of does this little, I don't know what would you, this little honorable putt. He has like a six inch putt on 11. He gets down into the Jack Nicholas putting stance and he taps it in, which is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, it is. I didn't remember this and you 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 kind of you screen grabbed it and and showed it to us. We need to teach Mark how to screen grab later, by the way. But um, <laughs> um, is that from the YouTube? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, it's something. Here, here's the thing that surprised me, and I had forgotten about this. It's not something that you would see Tiger do, right? It's something that right. you would see, uh, I don't know, Ricky Fowler do or some somebody like that. But Tiger in the heat of of a Sunday at the, at Augusta to, to pay tribute to Jack Nicholas like that. That's just not a thing that I would expect from him. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it's, it's, I just, by the way, I just pulled up on the YouTube, the Oh five masters. And I was watching <laughs> that. I was watching that final putt and it, there was so many weird things about this masters. Cause this was the, the really long, I mean, the the rain delay throughout, and so they finished late on Sunday. It was only it was getting dark, like when Tiger finished up there, and you know, I I remember Demarco was like kind of in command, and then it it really became a two horse race. There was nobody else. I mean, Luke Donald, Retief, Goosen finished third, but there was nobody else really in it on on Sunday because they finished the third round, start the fourth round on. I think that was how it happened on Sunday, and it kind of just became those two guys. And for Tiger to bogey the last two holes and then come back with that unbelievable fist pump in the playoff to win the Masters, it was uh, it was it was a wild last few hours at Augusta. Is that me hearing Kyle change his rankings? Perhaps Hark? No, no, not at all. <laughs> Nin, 90, 97 and and nineteen are iconic. 01 is maybe the most underrated major of all time, and then 05 comes in fourth. Okay, the thing the thing about 05, real quick that kind of pulls it down for me is what kyle just mentioned the the bogeys on the last two holes um it's just not what you expect and he he writ the i mean he uh he overcame it in the playoff with the the second shot in the putt he made on 18 but the second shot into 18 the tee shot on 17 uh, those were like a little bit of a letdown after the brilliance of 16 and it just kind of took a little bit away from from that moment i think if tiger won in, in regulation if he did what he did on 18 in the playoff in regulation i think for me it would be a little bit higher on my list i think it's interesting what kyle was alluding to about 2001 kind of being underrated or overlooked or what what word did you use to describe it kyle underrated most underrated major of all time most- most underrated major of all time. And for me, and you know, we can we can debate this, but for me, it's about the Tiger Slam. And and Mark, I, I want to start with you because you had this fifth on your list. And we kind of talked, we went back a little uh, uh, back and forth a little bit on uh, these rankings. But to me, I, I, it's hard to quantify how good a Tiger Slam is. Uh, you know, Tiger Woods is the owner of all of these records, every one more impressive than the last. But to me, holding all four major championships at the same time, like my brain can almost not wrap around the idea of that. Like how insane is that? It's, it's immeasurable. I mean, yeah. you, you, you cannot put this in words. And, you know, as I look down the rankings, I will be trite with you guys and say, look, me putting 01 as my fifth was hard. But again, I prefaced the entire thing by saying these were personal for me. That was in an era, and I was teaching golf full-time on the PGA Tour right then, when you showed up at an event, and Tiger was in the field, and it wasn't if he was going to win, it was how many is he going to win by, and who's finishing second, and everyone kind of knew it, and, and that, that's what made, I, I wouldn't say I'm numb to, to what he achieved, because what he achieved has only been done by one man before, and I'm going to take heat for this, and that's Bob Jones. 
to win all of the major events in a sitting and hold all of the trophies. So, so what he did, I, I think, runs counter to him being the uh, sort of is an argument for Woods being the greatest of all time, even though he hasn't overtaken Nicholas's 18 major championship record, because what what he did there was just superhuman. So, for for me to quantify it, I can't. I, I just can tell you this. Having been close to a couple individuals who have won major championships, and they've both got one on their resume in Louis Westerson and my brother, Trevor, um, that is a career-defining achievement. And to win multiples puts you in an echelon that's one can't quantify. To win four straight is just—it's uh, unheard of. So, so it's it's beyond my realm of understanding, and I cannot fathom it. So first of all, we need to have a Bob Jones versus Jordan Spieth counter for me and Mark <laughs> and and keep track of, of who says which one more. And second of all, get ready for it, because when, when Masters time comes around, you're going to hear me talk about Jones a lot, because if it, it wasn't for that guy, you wouldn't be talking about this tournament. Isn't it weird to say when Masters time comes around on April 3rd? I was supposed to, <laughs> my, my flight was supposed to leave in six hours for Augusta. So weird. That's sad. Um, so second of pick, all, pick, pick us back up after that. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. That's, that's on me. That one's on me. <laughs> second, imagine, wah, just, wah, I, wah. I think, I think it's hard for people. I, th- I agree with Rick. Like it's hard to wrap your mind around the slam, the tiger slam. And I'm just trying to imagine, like, if if Rory had won the last three of last year and he's coming into Augusta and on Saturday night he's up one on Kepka and he's up three on JT and they finish, those three are like the three that are in it on the back nine, on the second nine on Sunday. And he beats, he beats JT by a couple and Kepka by three to win, to win four straight. Can you um can you imagine like the things that we would be saying and talking? It would be it would be ludicrous. And it wasn't Rory that did it. It was Tiger, who's who's the the one of the best athletes of all time that did this. I just I don't know how you can have this fifth on your list, Mark. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable to me. I'm just appalled. It's certainly. Sorry, it's I made cer- you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly crazy. And Greg, we'll we'll let you get the the last word on two thousand and one. Uh, little little sub note here. This was the first major where first place was at least seven figures, at least a million bucks. So I mean, it's now been what nineteen years where Tiger kind of ushers in, you know, the new era of TV deals, the new era of golf, makes everybody else on the tour quite a bit of money over the next couple of decades. I mean, this is really a uh, I don't want to say a turning point on tour, but this is kind of, to me, a, a little bit of a new era being ushered in. No question. And this is when everybody kind of, I feel like, if you hadn't done it already, it 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 breaks your spirits. Because of what, what Kyle just said, who he's playing against in this final round, uh, the guys that come close, it, it's like, what, what, what can we do to... What can we do to beat this guy? Is, are we ever going to have a chance at winning another major? And it is talked about a lot after the U.S. Open when he won by 15. It, players like Ernie Els, I mean, that that nearly broke Ernie Els from some of the interviews that I've heard. It really said I, I couldn't find the shots. to, to I couldn't make up 16 shots uh, to, to beat this guy. Now, this one's a little bit closer. It comes down to the wire, and, and you still, there's just, there's not enough you can do. There's nothing you can do to beat them. And, and I think at this point, everybody feels like uh, their, their chances at winning another major championship are, are really, really limited. And, and it, it, he kind of put a stamp on his dominance. I love it. Cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, but here's where we're at so far. So at number five, we've got 2002. At number four, we've got 2005. At number three, we've got 2001. So that means we've got two left to talk about. We've got 2019 and 1997 coming up on the other side to see how those shake out. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. It's a really fine line creating 
workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. We've got two Tiger Masters victories left to discuss and debate. Uh, I can tell you they are 2019 and 1997. At coming in at number two in our rankings is the return to glory. The most recent, it is tw- 2019. I'm not saying 2019, Mark. It's 2019. Uh, the ret- The return to glory which ends Tiger's 11-year major drought. Now, you were the lowest on this one, Mark, but we know why. The other ones have a little more sentimental uh, importance to you. This one is first on my list because I just, you know, I didn't know if we were ever going to get another one, Mark. I I thought that maybe we would not see Tiger don another green jacket. And for me, the fact that we got to see it is like awesome, mind-blowing stuff. Um. This was hard for me because I was part of the Amen Corner broadcast, and and when you're in that mindset and 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 you're calling golf at a major championship, especially at the Masters, it's very much business, and so emotions to a large extent are removed for me. You know, when you're sitting there in, in the announce booth, and, and you're watching people come through, so. We, we've got monitors so we could see exactly what the big show was doing, but our focus was holes, uh, it was Amen Corner, or holes 11, 12, and 13. And, and a large part of what happened in 19 was defined on the 12th hole, one of our holes. And we had the, the, the Molinari meltdown basically front and center. There were a number of guys. Kepka hit it in the water there, Finau hit it in the water, and, and Tiger just did what it was clinical. And, and, and I guess. What I'm trying to say is my reaction to this is clinical too, because Woods mm-hmm. did what Woods, what every great Masters champion has said. On 12, you hit the ball straight over the tongue in the front bunker, no matter where the hole location is, unless it's on the left side of the green. Everyone else, and and I talked with uh, Billy Horschel recently. He had a he had a flutter at that flag over there because he thought he could, the way he was playing, and he hit it in the water as well on on the day. Um, so. Anyway, what I'm trying to say, here's Woods being ultimately Tiger Woods like he was in 2000, 2001, where it was clinical. It was basically just, I'm going to wear you down by doing the right thing. And so I watched this performance and I was engrossed by just how well he did it. I I, I think for me, it was more of that than what it was watching it from the sideline, considering, jeez. I mean, this guy has come back after so many years, after all of the travails and all this other stuff that's been going on. So for me, this was was more like a job. But I got to tell you, um, the actually the our, the big shows has been nominated for an Emmy for the way they covered it. And 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 I quickly want to give a shout out to 
look, Jim Nance is the pro's pro. Uh, the return to glory was that'll go down as one of the great calls. And then Lance Barrow, our producer, jokes with us because there were, I think it was two minutes and 43 seconds that not one announcer said a word. From when Jim did return to glory, it was silence. And you saw Tiger hug the family. You saw the high fives from all the fans. And Nick Felder jokes, he goes, that's the best two minutes and 43 seconds of my broadcast career. <laughs> um, so so uh, the whole thing was just, to me, perfect. But again, I was removed from this emotionally because I was in a booth calling Amen Corner. But yeah. as I think back, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a gargantuan achievement. And it, it deserves a better ranking than I gave it. But again, I was just completely personal in, in, in the way I ranked these things. Yeah, you, you were on the job. I was probably uh, six beers deep foaming at the mouth on my couch. So it was a little bit little bit different. Uh, Kyle, you know, 2019, uh, when you kind of look at all the check boxes, and I go to you because you and I both had this ranked very highly. Um, it, it has the significance, right? It's got the it's got the fifth green jacket, his 15th major, his first in his first major in 11 years. It's got a leaderboard, you know, a one shot win over DJ Kepka Xander. Uh, it's got the shots, you know, not necessarily from Tiger. I mean, he had some great shots, but it's got the memorable Molinari shots. To me, this this checks it all off. Yeah, it does. I think the only difference between this one and some of the, uh, like the, I, I don't know, it was weird. Like the, this one was high up for me just because kind of like what Mark was saying, I was, I was, it's the only one I've been there for. And so that was memorable. But the, I, th I thought the part that was weird about Kyle, 19. Kyle, tell us what the media center was like. Or were you out on the course? Well, I was out on the course. I don't I don't go there to sit around, Mark. <laughs> no, the, I can imagine what it must have been like in the media center. I mean, the energy in there must have been off the charts. Yeah. Well, that's where everybody else was. So you, you can ask pretty much anybody else who was there and, you know, get a get a take on that. But um what was I saying? It was the only one that I've been there for. And I thought it was it was a little odd because it was one of the few times, maybe the only time that Tigers won a major where it didn't really dawn on me until really late in the tournament. Oh my gosh, Tiger, not only is he is he going to win, but just even the thought Tiger could win this. I didn't I didn't really think that until the very end. And part of that was the way that he played the final round, there wasn't a ton of birdies. There wasn't a ton of excitement. He was very, I thought he was like the, the word to describe his round and the way he played was very disciplined and that won him the tournament. And, and I think he's been a very disciplined player over the course of his career. And this was sort of the epitome of that, but it, it just, it didn't, it, it look, it was iconic because of everything that he's done and been through and because it had been 11 years and or however many years, 14 years and all those things. But it didn't have the like it, all these other major wins have this crescendo to like, yeah, of course, Tiger won this. He was always going to win this. And this one, to me anyway, it didn't feel like he was going to win it until the very end. And that's almost what made it uh, exciting, especially on. 16, 17, 18. I mean, the, the shot he hit on 16 is the one that he said his shot into 15 was the best shot he hit of the tournament. But the one on 16 is the one that I'll remember forever because it was the one that that I that it first dawned on me like he just won the Masters and I'm here for it. And now I have to freaking go write this thing, which is going <laughs> to be impossible. The thing that I remember is not even a shot. It's after Molinari dunks it in Ray's Creek on 12 and he's headed towards like the drop area and Tiger's just twirling the putter as he's walking up to the green. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is over. That, <laughs> Everyone... was, that was dirty. That was yeah. dirty. You guys are so done right now. Uh, Greg, so this is, yeah. So we mentioned, you know, the the, the drought, the, the new version of Tiger Woods. And what I, I, I had to look this up to make sure this was true because I stumbled on this. This was Tiger's first major win that he had trailed after 54 holes. I don't remember that at all. Uh, and it's yeah. almost shocking considering how many he's won and what a, you know, what a front runner he's been. But also, you know, even in his fifth Masters victory, he does something he's never done before. I think it was the number. It was 14 times. I think he had led or co-led going into the final round. Uh, which all but one 2009 Y.E. Yang, all, all of those were wins, which is right. both of those numbers are remarkable. I it's mean, if he had won five of 15, to, to be a 54-year-old leader, co-leader, uh, 14 times is ridiculous. But uh, this one 
coming from behind. Now, like Kyle said, he didn't really know he was going to win until the very end. To me, it was 12. On number 12, I, I said, okay, Tiger's going to win. Because Francesco Molinari, as I'm watching this, I'm saying there's no way he, he's not going to slip. I mean, he's just not, he's not going to miss a shot. The guy is playing like a robot. And the year before, in 2018, when Tiger had a chance to win the Open, it was Francesco Molinari coming out on, on the other end. Um, and, and Molinari really looked like he was, as, like I said, a robot. He looked like he was impossible to beat. Kepka was, was right there. Another guy you have to fear considering his major record. Um, but, but boy, when Molinari hit it in the water, everything changed. And I said, Tiger can really do this. And the shot Tiger hit, I, I think, uh, Kyle used a great word with discipline. Um, Tiger to me has been throughout his entire career, an underrated tactician. Uh, um, and I think that's been a great strength of his, the discipline that he plays with in every tournament he plays, the, the tact that he carries in every tournament that he plays, he, he showed great tact later on in this year in, in 2019 at Pebble beach. So there, there are many occasions of that. Number 12 definitely showed it. He showed it throughout the entirety of the round, but, um, but you know, you look at this scorecard and this is a guy that did what he's supposed to do. He makes birdie on eight. I think number two is a really hard tee shot for him. I, I think he has a tough time with that hole uh, throughout his career. And I don't have any stats in front of me to, to support that, but uh, I know he's he's struggled on that hole from time to time. Birdie's on eight, thirteen, and fifteen. It, the guy did what he had to do, and and it ended up being enough to win. It reminded me of Jack Nicklaus in in kind of his older age, or, or well, Jack Nicklaus throughout his career, just kind of hanging around, playing his own game, and letting the trophy fall in his hands. That's what Tiger did here. It was really cool to see, and what it did for the game, it inspired hope. We all had hope now that Tiger's not done. Tiger's back. Tiger, uh, we have a chance to see Tiger chase a, another record, which is Jack Nicklaus's 18 majors. We have, we have a chance to see Tiger chase that record. And so it meant a lot in those uh, for, for those reasons. There were memorable shots. It was a, a great leaderboard. I, I think you're right, Rick. This one, it really did have it all. Well, that only leaves us with one then, gentlemen, which is 1997. There it is, a win for the ages. Every single one of us had this as either our first or second ranked victory. Mark, you had it as number one, as did Kyle. So we'll start with you, Mark. I mean, this was, I don't know, the coming out party. It's Tiger's first Masters, his first major. He nukes the field. I mean, this... This is like, you know, we always joke, uh, hello world. Like this is that in, in master's form. It was a win for the ages, uh, as Jim Nance said. That's, his, that's because, the best call. That's the yeah. best call. Um, because of the historical significance of it happening at Augusta National, uh, you know, with a historically, I hate to say it, white golf club. So, so, so this of, of, the one, of the Woods victories is the only one that I was not on site for. I was back in South Africa um, and I was at the, the African, basically, Cup of Nations um, golf tournament. I was coaching my brother, a young, he was representing South Africa at the time. And again, I'm, I'm, bringing, I'm making this about what I remembered. Um, so in the hotel where all the teams were staying, there, there obviously was limited television access. And in the final round, Everyone was gathered down in the restaurants, all the teams from all of these different countries around Africa watching Woods on television. And I remember looking around the room as this guy was just dominant and driving in places around that golf course that people hadn't before. And I just watched him galvanize a, 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 a continent and I watched him basically develop Tiger's Army right there. And so for it, it was memorable to me from that point of a view. And then there's just another little add on to that. Um, you know, Colin Montgomery is highly quotable. Okay. I mean, <laughs> this, he, he's like a Rory or Phil Mickelson. And for Monty, who's a confident guy, um, to concede basically after the third round that no one, because he had played with Tiger after Saturday on Saturday's round where Woods had just absolutely put on another performance. Monty's like, 
I can't compete with this guy. Hmm. And for a professional golfer who was the leading European guy at the time, right, and a perennial contender for major championships, to concede that to the world's media, that was saying something about what Tiger Woods has done. Because after that first nine of 40, you know, I'm, as a golf instructor, I'm a big one for recovery and bounce back. For him to turn 40 into 70 was incredible. And then just to parlay that into just an absolutely commanding performance <laughs> that, that, that I watched people over in Africa just fall into step. It's like the Pied Piper. You know, I was like, this is, it, 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 it's honestly a win for the ages. Yeah, that, that to me, I think you nailed it, Mark. And Kyle, I want to I get your follow-up on this because it is not only the fact that he's the first non-white golfer to ever win at Augusta. He is 21 years old, so he's the youngest golfer to ever do it. It's kind of the way he did it. The dominance, like, would this have been, this is so incredibly historic, but if he wins by one shot, it's like, oh, okay, like this guy, Tiger Woods, he goes out and win. like to win by 12 shots and to break every record along the way is just absolutely absurd. And the dominance of it, along with the historical aspects of it to me is just like, this is so awesome. Yeah, it was a it was a tear in the time space continuum. Of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of golf. very well done. Well yeah. played, mate. <laughs> I mean, it really was like we we have these we have these wins that you're like, oh, DJ at Oakmont, like that was that was historic, and yeah, like they're all historic or whatever. But this was like beyond whatever. I mean, it 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 was it was a it was a landmark, not just in golf not just at augusta but in sports and it i i look i was like 12 at the time so i don't know what it i don't remember what it felt like but i'm sure that it it felt like that in the moment like just looking back and hearing the way that people talk about it i mean just hearing the the way that the guys that he was competing against talk about it you're like oh this is going to be this is going to be different and think like it's it's sort of like the the what we're living in right like with the coronavirus you're like okay from this point forward, everything is different. And that's what Tiger's win, I think, was in 97, was a was a rip in the seam of the time-space continuum of what golf had been to that point. And it hasn't been the same since. It changed the entire industry of golf. And that's why it's number one for me. I, you know, I, I have to – it was – I mean, it's. I, I think it's probably the most iconic golf victory of all time just because – not just of what it meant to Tiger or because he was black um, or because of the way that he won, but because it changed an entire industry. And how often can we say that? It changed an entire sport. How often can we say that about singular victories in other sports? He changed Augusta National Golf Club in terms of the design of the place, the way he played it, to add on to what Kyle was saying there. Yeah, I mean, the look at as, as you're watching over these things. Watch the tournaments from 1997. Just watch highlights of Tiger, where he's hitting approach shots into these various holes. He's got flip wedges everywhere. And all of a sudden, you go to 2019, they're hitting you know, mid-irons, long irons. It, it completely changed the golf course. He's, I mean, the 40-30 thing is is sick. Like, he's four <laughs> over. No, it's sick. He's, <laughs> he's four over with 63 holes left, and he finishes 18 under. I mean, what what is that? Like, how, how do you even? I mean, I don't I don't know what his odds were going in. I would love to be able to go back and live view what his odds were at the turn on on Thursday because they were what eighty a hundred to one, and then he wins by twelve over three three guys named Tom. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. Hey, Carl, you know the only problem with the uh, with the 97 Masters? What? There were no strokes gain metrics, bro. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> there was just what a scorecard. What would we have talked about? <laughs> there was just a scorecard. But there's, is, there's, by the way, is that a t-shirt, 4030? I, I feel like, I mean, that's got to be it. We've got to make a t-shirt about and that. And nine and eight. <laughs> Yeah, 40, yeah. 40, 30, if you know, you know, because not everybody knows, but if you do, then you know. 
So the, you know, Greg, we, you mentioned a couple things that come out of this, uh, the, the tiger proofing, so to speak, of courses after this, because of the way that he played and it was narrow, these fairways, move the tee boxes back, like tigers coming. Um, and then also the, the other thing, and, and Mark kind of alluded to this as well, Greg is this broke like every TV ratings metrics at the time. They had like 44 million Sunday viewers that everyone was eyeballs on Tiger Woods on Sunday. He was breaking the mold and now it is just going to be, you know, repercussions uh, for the next couple of decades. The, I mean, this is, I think, probably the most forgotten element of this tournament. This was Tiger Woods first major as a professional. His first major as a professional. And when we leave this tournament, I, I think it's it's very uh, similar to what happened in 2001 after he completed the Tiger Slam. Very similar to 2000 after the U.S. Open victory. I, I think his competition, which uh, Mark alluded to Colin Montgomery's comments, the, his competition felt, uh, they felt less than. They felt like the entire game had changed and it's almost like their careers were over. Their chances of winning were over. The whole game is just done because here comes Tiger Woods. And and he did. He changed the entire game. And this was the defining moment. It's it's hard to argue with this one. I mean, it, it has to be top two. I think that's why all of us have it top two here. I love it. We'll, we'll leave that. Hopefully we will get a sixth Masters victory to rank at some point. And we'll have to put in the, in the deck here and, and figure out what comes out of it. Uh, but yeah, we've got plenty more masters coverage this week. I'm simulating the masters results, so we'll get you a winner. We'll talk yes. about it. We'll figure something out. Uh, Ian Poulter will be joining us. We're going to ask him and, and find out how it's, uh, what it's like to play Augusta. CBS has got you covered this weekend, re-airing 2004, 2019 final rounds. And the best part about this, if we were wrong about anything i'm sure you'll let us know but you can leave a comment <laughs> in the uh in in the ratings on itunes or tweet at first cut pod gentlemen i want to thank you that is kyle porter at kyle porter cbs it's mark immelman at mark underscore immelman it's greg ducharm at the real gfd i'm rick gaiman and we'll talk to you next time Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.